a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. You're listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I am in Conway, Arkansas today, actually in a Panera coffee shop, and I'm meeting with my very good friend, Gayla Grace. Gayla, welcome to Inspire on the Go. Thank you, Andrea. Glad to be here. All right, so let's tell um, our listeners a little bit about you. Gayla, you have a heart and a passion for step families. So tell us a little bit about that passion and how you find yourself in this place where you're ministering to step families. It really developed out of my own personal experience. My husband and I have been married in a blended family for 24 years this year. That's great. And it started in a way that was challenging for us. We both brought two kids to the marriage. I had two kids, daughters that were three and five, and Randy had a daughter and a son that were five and ten. We both had custody of our kids, so we brought these four kids together. And we had no idea how challenging it would be. We knew that we loved each other, we loved these kids, and Randy would always just say, we'll just love them through it, we'll be fine. And even though we had done a fair amount of reading about step families and tried to educate ourselves, until you are living under the same roof and trying to parent someone else's child, you just have no idea what that really feels like. And it ended up being more challenging than we anticipated. And as a result of that, it really was more than a decade later that I began to just pour into other step families. Randy and I began to do some step family classes at the local church and offer tools for step families. We just knew that even in our own story, we needed the encouragement that we found through others who were a little further along the journey than we were. And another part of my story, so Randy and I did have a child together also after we'd been married six years, our son Nathan. So we're truly a his, hers, and ours family. I'm sure you've heard that term, Andrea. And we just, out of our experiences, began to think about what could we have learned in our early years that would have helped us because there's so many things that we can look back now and say ah we could have done that differently and it would not have been so hard on the kids or been so hard on us and those are the things that i began to want to help educate step families particularly those in the first decade because it really is that first decade that's the hardest and if you kind of get that under your belt then you gain confidence and just some harmony um, as you begin to move forward as a step family that doesn't mean that the first decade is just all hard and that there's no joy there's not there's definitely joy and there's good times together but there's also some bumps that really Every step family is going to go through of some kind or another. They're, they're different. Every step family dynamic is different. But I can pretty much predict every step family is going to have some bumps. Okay, so let's go back and let's talk about that decade. Um, and just give us some idea of maybe some of, of those bumps that you experienced or common you know, bumps in the road. For right, step right. I think one of the biggest we experienced, and I see it, even I, I do some step family coaching, is you come in as a step parent and you move in too soon into a disciplinary role. So re- Randy really wanted to be a father figure to my girls. They were young. 
but he was overzealous in his role. And you need to go slow in developing a friendship, a trust, a love with these kids. And when that is developed, then you can move more into the disciplinary role. But until that is developed, you really need to allow the biological parent to do the bulk of the disciplining. It can't happen all the time. I mean, there's times that a step parent is alone with a stepchild, and it doesn't mean that you just never deal with those issues. But if at all possible, you want the biological parent to deal with their own children, at least in those early years, until a relationship is really developed. And those were the things that we could have done differently. That's really good. And what about like communication whenever it comes to the this, all of the parties, all of the people that are in the mix um, from the, the parenting standpoint. Mm-hmm. Is that a challenge? As it well? is a challenge, and you have to wear thick skin mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things as a stepmom now I can see that I took personally, I carried, what have I done wrong here? When sometimes it's just a stepchild being going through the usual motions of a child, especially if they're teenagers. Teenagers are hard even when they're your own children. And you just have to let things go instead of taking this in, what have I done wrong, and taking everything personally when sometimes they've just had a bad day and they're going to take it out on you because you're the one that's right there when they come home from school. And so you do have to learn how to just carry thick skin and also recognize what your needs are. There may be some boundaries that you need to set. There may, I had a stepmom contact me just recently about, is it okay for me to to make my bedroom a private space instead of just allowing these stepkids to come in and you know my stepdaughter's borrowing my makeup without asking and absolutely you can set some boundaries on that and but as step parents you're trying so hard to be loved by this stepchild that sometimes you don't put healthy boundaries in place and you don't recognize what your needs are and what happens then is you begin to be be resentful and uh, you know if, if you're feeling resentment and anger sometimes you just need to step back and look at am I allowing am I giving too much of myself am I not putting some boundaries in place that would help me affirm my needs and all those needs are going to look different there's not black and white answers to this stuff and you want to be on the same page with your spouse but it's really good to just keep the communication flowing in regards to what your needs are as a step parent too and I would think too like you want it to work so bad I mean I bet you and Randy experienced that like you Mm -hmm. you're all in and you're like whatever it takes and so you do probably sacrifice mm-hmm. yourself in the process but when you do that you're not setting yourself up for longevity in right. the relationship right and there are going to be sacrifices I mean there's sacrifices in marriage in general but there's can be more sacrifices in the beginning as a step parent and you do have to recognize that's part of it the other thing has to do with ex-spouses so Randy and I came into the marriage we both had an ex-spouse and those Man, there can be some high conflict exes out there that just wreak havoc on your home. And that's another area that you think, oh, well, that's never going to enter into our home because that's taken away outside the home. But you know, all of those relationships affect what goes on in your home. Because if you have a high conflict ex that is causing stress with your spouse, he's going to carry that into the home or you're going to have an opinion on how he handles that ex and so all of that tends to create conflict and the other thing that is really important to remember is that disharmony is part of the journey 
it does not mean you're doing something wrong. And that was the thing that I wish I had heard in the beginning because I felt like, gosh, Randy and I just have so much tension and what are we doing wrong? You know, the truth is we weren't doing anything wrong. We were just trying to figure out how to make life work as a step family with kids that weren't ours, with two families that we had brought together that had different expectations even in themselves. So it's okay to have disharmony. Don't just assume that disharmony means we're doing something wrong. We need help. This is never going to work. That's really not the case. That's so good. Okay, so what about the relationship between all of the kids? What was that like? Like in the beginning. <laughs> you know we were going to get down to the nitty-gritty. <laughs> well, one thing that happened with us that taught us totally, caught us totally off guard is we had a birth order change. So okay. my oldest daughter, Jamie, became a middle child because Randy's two kids, his daughter in particular was 10. My daughter, Jamie, was five. Jamie was used to being the boss of her little sister. She was used to being the one in charge as an older child. Well, all of a sudden she became a middle child to Randy's oldest, who she was used to being the boss. And so she stepped very quickly into that role of bossing Jamie around. And Jamie just did not take to that well. But it took us a while to figure out why do these stepsisters have so much trouble getting along? It just wasn't anything that was on our radar. That, well, you've had a birth order change here. And we were expecting Jamie to just fall in line as a middle child with Adrienne. And she didn't know that role. She didn't want that role. And so we had to help Adrienne understand that, okay, I know you're used to being big sister to your brother, and, and that's okay, but being big sister to Jamie is taking some time for her to understand what that feels like. And the beauty of that today, Andrea, is that these two girls are best friends. Oh, it's a beautiful relationship between them, but that did not happen overnight. And we had to really help them in this relationship. And, and, and I think that's the other thing is, you know, God is in the redeeming relationship business. God wants these relationships to work together too. And that's the thing that Randy and I really, without our faith, without praying about our family, without seeking the Lord for wisdom and some of these dynamics, I'm not sure we would have made it. I, I think we might have been another statistic because it was hard. And there were times that I thought, wow, you know what, it was easier to be a single mom than to be in the middle of this blended family and these challenges. And yet we had, we had made a vow for better or for worse. And, and we sought the Lord in direction and wisdom. And how encouraging to see you now, today, <laughs> you know, many years later. And not only is your family thriving, you're also in ministry. Right. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But I am, I just think it's so encouraging for people to hear, it is going to be hard, but don't give up. And right. God is faithful. And right. he's in the business of redeeming and leading and guiding. And he sees you right in the middle of that mess. Right. And so that's just a good encouragement. You know, Gayla, I've watched you from a distance and up close for many years. We've had a long-standing relationship. We have. And I love that, how God brings us into one another's lives for His purposes and His glory. And so when I think about you, I think about wisdom. I really do. And just longevity in your walk with the Lord as well as your ministry. So tell us how you came into this position of encouraging other step families, using what God has taught you to encourage others. Well, for one... 
I have a master's in psychology and counseling, so I've always had a desire to understand human behavior. I've always known that as we understand ourselves and recognize the emotions that we're dealing with and how to deal with those emotions, that we can get to the other side even if we are in a mess. Step family life is messy. That's a really good word to use, Andrea. But at the same time, we can we can allow God to take that mess and 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 work something good from it. So I think for me, it was wanting to provide hope to step parents because of just the hopelessness that can come as a step parent and even as a biological parent in a step family because you get stuck in the middle between your kids and your spouse and so it's not just that the step parent role is the hard one in step families the the biological parent role is hard too and I understand both of those roles and I think that was part of it Randy and I are both step parents Randy and I are also both biological parents so we really understand the feelings from both sides and and because of that I just began to see that after we got a little further down the journey, I could offer some hope to step families. And Randy and I so want to prevent re-divorce. Yeah, we are divorced, but we don't. We re-divorce is devastating for kids to go through this transition of again loss and change. And so we just we want to prevent re-divorce, and we want to help step families with that. That is so good. Okay, two questions. One is let's talk about. St- one is let's talk about statistics. Um, what are what are you seeing out there when it comes to both divorce and re-divorce? What what are some of the numbers that we see? You know, tragically, Christian marriages don't necessarily thrive or do better than non-Christian marriages. So you've got a fifty percent divorce rate, really, and. For step families with kids, the divorce rate can be higher. And it's really hard to get statistics for step families because they don't, researchers don't really gather information like that. It's hard to because kids move back and forth. So it's hard to gather those statistics. But particularly when you get into a third or a fourth marriage, those divorce statistics are going to skyrocket you know you're looking at 70 percent a lot of times and so that is another reason that we we want to make sure that re-divorce doesn't happen so statistics are high right right yeah because with every you know dynamic with every relationship you're bringing more dynamic exactly right right and you have you could have two or three kids from different uh, wives or, a, you know, a different ex. And that does just bring more complexity to the situation. Yeah. So as you were walking through this journey with Randy and your blended family, did you find a lack of resources out there to help you? <laughs> I did. Now remember, Andrea, this was 24 years right, ago. Right, right. And there were not the resources out there, especially especially the Christian resources. I so wanted a devotional book for stepmoms. I looked for that all over the place. I'm thinking, I need a guidebook here and I want it to be a devotional book. Yeah, I'm using the Bible as my guidebook, but there's some practical things that would have been really helpful to me. And I didn't find one. I did not find a devotional book for step parents. 
And I think that's part of the reason that God laid it on your heart to begin ministering to step families because you're like, I've been here, I am here. I want to see other people learn from what we've experienced. Right. And then it became an avenue <clears throat> for ministry. And so that's so good. All right. So I want to go back to maybe that first decade that you talked about. What was it like going to church as a step family? <laughs> Give us a bird's eye view. One of the hardest things in going to church as a step family is for one thing, you carry some shame. Um, in the church, I know what the Bible says about divorce. I know God hates divorce, and yet I am divorced. When I go to church, especially in our early years, that shame just, it, it's just there. And I f- know that step couples in the church are also dealing with that. So uh, from a bird's eye view, I needed help to recognize that I am still a first-class citizen. You know, as my friend Ron Deal likes to say is, there's no second-class citizens in the Christian world. We're all sinners in need of a savior. And so that's really true. Even though, yeah, I have some scars, but God still loves me. God still wants to redeem my relationships. He wants to walk with me. But unfortunately, in the church, we still, the shame shows up. We oftentimes try to stay hidden. Some stepfamilies can do that easier than others, especially if stepchildren are calling the stepparent mom or dad. For Randy and I, we couldn't hide it. My two girls had a different last name. His two kids did not call me mom. They called me by my name. So it was pretty obvious. We were not your traditional family. But what we have found in doing step family ministry is step couples don't readily step forward because then they have to explain their story. And the story of step family is usually complicated and you just don't want to go into all that, especially if you don't feel like somebody is going to understand it and if you feel like you're going to get judgment. And and we do get judgment, unfortunately. The other thing I want to say, Andrea, particularly something that pastors can really help in this arena is from the pulpit to be inclusive. So on Mother's Day, it's so easy to just recognize mothers of all kinds. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not just biological moms. We can honor stepmoms, foster moms, adoptive moms. There are so many different varieties of moms out there that feel excluded when we just say the word mom. And you'd be surprised what that does to a stepmom just to hear that term voiced from the pulpit and know oh gosh, I must, it must be okay for me to sit here because I'm being recognized as a stepmom. It seems really small, but you would be surprised how that can make a difference. And I think talking about it, don't you think? Like yes. just talking about it, yes. just saying, okay, this is happening in our lives. This is happening in our churches and it's okay. Right. Like we are here to love you. We're here to support you. We're here to help you. Um, there is no place of shame in this body of Christ for believers. This is a place of freedom. This is right. a place of hope. This is a place of redemption. Exactly. So we're going to meet you at your greatest point of need. So what's going on in your life? Right. And opening that conversation, that dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so finding out what are the struggles going on in our families, mm-hmm. whether that's a step family or a more traditional family. Right. Right. Opening up the lines of communication and just getting real. Right. And also recognizing that the traditional family is the minority now. Yes. So in every church, you have 
far more non-traditional, maybe not far more, but you have more non-traditional families sitting in your church than you do traditional families. And so if we're not ministering to those families, they're getting their help outside the doors of church and they're not likely getting the help they need. And that has really been another big part of my heart and Randy's is to within the church, help these step couples so that they get faith-based help and not something outside the walls of the church. But in order to do that, there has to be support from the pastors in the church. And unfortunately, sometimes pastors are reluctant to do that. They feel like well, if we start supporting step families, are we endorsing divorce? No, we're not. We're just supporting the families that are in our churches and offering them some hope. That's great. Okay, so let's change it. Let's transition the conversation and talk about what what can we do to help. Okay, so let's transition the conversation and talk about like what practical helps are available to step families. I know you have a ton of resources and a ton of ideas. So give us some insight to just help those step families. For one, I wrote a devotional book, Step Parenting with Grace, that was put on my heart, I believe, because I couldn't find one as a new stepmom. That is a, a book published by Worthy Publishing just last year in 2018. So that's a new resource. I also absolutely love Ron Deal's uh, books, ministry. So he is the author of The Smart Step Family, The Smart Stepdad, The Smart Stepmom. He's got a lot of great resources out there. They're all faith-based. And he also has a video series with his Smart Step Family book. And that is so easy to take and use in a church class, a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, however the church does their small group classes. It comes all packaged together. So you don't have to feel like you're an expert on this journey to come in and, and offer a class that is going to include some step couples and it's it's a video series it's a book it's all wrapped into one it's just got some really practical tips ron deal is a therapist he's also a director of blended families with family life just has some great information so i'm definitely an advocate of what he has to offer that can be offered in any church so a small group atmosphere really helped randy and i in our beginning years too just being sitting next to somebody in a class who has some similar struggles to you makes a huge difference. So I really encourage churches to offer some kind of a class for blended family couples. And it might take some encouraging to somebody in their church who they know who might say, but I don't have all the answers to this. That's okay, you don't have to have all the answers. Just be a facilitator. Just allow these couples to come together and let the video series do the work. Absolutely. All right. And so for the families who would be in that class, what are some practical things that you could share with them to just keep on keeping on? I know your heart is to love on them and encourage them and to champion their journey. That's a marathon, not a sprint. So recognize that as you're going in, that it's going to probably take longer than you want it to for these relationships to come together. But know that in time, they do. They do come together if you are walking with the Lord and asking for wisdom and seeking unity as a couple. And another thing I would say, though, is educate yourself about step family life. So if you can find a class like this, if you see there are more and more workshops that are offered now for blended families. The one thing I would be careful about, though, there are also more and more Facebook groups for stepmoms. Some of those groups are not healthy. So be very careful in regards to the resources and even a book you pick up. 
just be careful there's a lot of stuff out there and you do want it to be good sound advice also I am the director of a nonprofit organization called Sisterhood of Stepmoms and we offer national retreats once a year specifically to bring stepmoms together face to face you know we live in this world of technology where we try to do so much behind a computer and yet there is something that happens when you come face to face with people and that's really our goal of Sisterhood of Stepmoms is to get these stepmoms in the same room and then offer them some tools give them a chance for camaraderie with each other but all of that can be found at the website sisterhoodofstepmoms.com all right okay so when you think about where you are today as opposed to where you were in that first decade just give us an idea of God's redeeming work in Gala's life (laughs) I think that I know it's okay that I'm not perfect it's okay that I made some mistakes as a stepmom. I actually, when my stepkids were late teens, I went to them specifically to say, hey guys, I'm sorry. I did a lot of things wrong as a stepmom in your early years, but please know I did the best I could. And I'm thankful for you guys giving me a chance and for continuing to offer me a chance when I messed up. The other thing that I'm so quick to offer today is grace, Andrea. Whether it's to my husband, to my kids, to my stepkids, grace is huge in a step family because there are rough edges. There are stepkids who can be prickly at times, but we have to know that they're walking a tough road too. They're being asked to take someone into their home. They didn't get a choice in this. I made a choice to marry a man with two kids, but his two kids didn't get a choice about their two stepsisters that came into their world. And so we just need to be careful that we offer grace. And, I, and I, so I think for myself, I am quicker to offer grace to others, even if it's just in traffic on a bad day, you know? <laughs> we all need that. And I love that about your last name. Like God has positioned you to have not only a picture of grace in your life, but also just to proclaim grace every time you introduce yourself, every time that you're standing in front of a group, whenever you're writing a book, grace is everything. And I was speaking at a conference um, just a couple of weeks ago, and I saw a lady, she had on a shirt that says, Grace wins. And it was such a moment for me to go, yes, grace Mm -hmm. wins. Mm -hmm. You know, the grace of God as demonstrated on the cross, the grace applied to our lives, as well as the grace that we can extend to others. Oh, it does Mm -hmm. come a multitude of sins it covers a multitude of just everything you know? right and here's the other thing in regards to grace and step families sometimes we think well I don't know that you deserve grace you know we might be thinking about our stepchild has been ugly to us and and it just natural our flesh gets in the way and we think oh well I just don't know that I want to offer you grace but you know what God offered me grace time and time again when I didn't deserve it either and those are the things that I have to focus on and I have to remember because without God's grace I'm defeated death is what I get that's right that's right and you know it's been neat to watch your kids all of them um, come together and to really form a family and now they're so close Mm -hmm. Uh, you can see that whenever you follow you on social media whenever you're looking at your Facebook account so talk about their journey from the beginning to where they are now well one of the things we had to be really intentional with the kids because vacations are hard 
with step families because you know you're thrown together in a cabin and, and close proximity and, and life gets harder but we continue to do vacations together we continued to do things that were hard knowing that in time these relationships would come together and so even now our kids can laugh about some of these vacations that I was in tears some of the time and our kids were in tears some of the time and they can now laugh about some of the things that they argued about and and just little ticks that kids had that you didn't have any tolerance for but you just began to get to know these kids and they have their own personalities and they began to know how to tolerate things that might be different than them but they still love them and that's the beauty of it is yeah just just knowing to for Randy and I to grow in love with each other's kids and and that carries over into these kids loving each other too and then your youngest who is you know yours and Randy's son how about his journey in all of this. (laughs) Nathan will tell you he has more than one mom. Yes. So he has three older sisters and naturally women come into this world with a nurturing, I believe God gives us a natural nurturing spirit. So Nathan will laugh about how, yeah, I've always had more than one mom. I always have somebody else looking out for me, but I think it's an endearing thing for him. They have a special little nickname for him that they're the only ones that can call him that. They call him Nene, but um, it's just funny. It's been a very sweet relationship that's been developed. A picture of grace. Okay, so I am holding your book right now called Step Parenting with Grace. So if somebody picks this up, tell us what they can expect from this devotional. They can expect a lot of stories, stories from my own journey, stories from step couples that I've done some coaching with. And with those journeys, with those stories, it talks about specific dynamics within the step family life that... I have grown and learned how to overcome some of those those hard issues and it also brings along some biblical stories to illustrate how we see step family life in the Bible and how God can teach us through his stories and the the parables how to handle some of these difficult step family issues. Awesome. All right. Well, how can someone pick up a copy of your book? It's available where books are sold. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Christian bookstores, and and online, of right. course. They right. can get it online. Okay, and if they want to connect with you, maybe to have you come and speak at an event or right. to coach, how can they do that? Sure. So my website is stepparentingwithgrace.com, okay. and they'll see everything there, resources, coaching options, a blog, all kinds of stuff. Awesome. All right. Well, Gayla, thank you so much for joining us here on Inspire in the Go. And so we just want to say thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, what God is continuing to use you to do as you are ministering to families who are in a blended family situation and you're equipping them with practical help to help them thrive in their everyday life. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. 
And so, Gayla, welcome back to Inspire on the Go. We're so glad to have you. Thank you, Andrea. Okay, so we're going to continue to unpack you and your story and how God has brought you to this place of ministering to step families. So take us back and tell us a little bit about your story and your journey and how God's been working in your life. Our story began when our kids were very young. My girls were three and five, and Randy's kids, he had a five-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter. And with these four kids, we both Randy and I had custody of them, so when we married, all of these kids came together. And it was something that we were not afraid of. We were so excited. Randy and I were excited about a new beginning. And that is the thing that step couples, for them, it is oftentimes a do-over. For me, I had walked through divorce, a very difficult divorce. And I was excited about a new beginning. I naturally assumed my kids were excited about a new beginning. And that's just not always the case with kids. In fact, I've heard horror stories of stepkids who are crying at a wedding. And we forget to recognize the feelings that stepkids are coming into in this remarriage and know that we might be at a different place emotionally than our stepkids are. In fact, we probably are at a different place emotionally. So it's really helpful to be sure that we consider the feelings and the things that our stepkids are going through as we launch into a a step family. And I think I've noticed that um, just walking with different women through uh, remarriage and there is almost this need for the kids to be excited. (laughs) There's just almost like this, just, they're great. They're good, you know, and and I understand that because you so want that do-over. You Mm -hmm. so want everything to go smoothly. And so you are maybe helping to project their excitement, but in the process, maybe missing some of those um, indicators that they're not quite as excited as you are. Right. And as women, God created us to be nurturing. We are going to nurture these stepchildren. We so desperately want this relationship to work. And it's easy for us to throw our arms around them. But you know what? They might be a cactus. And they're not so quick to want to throw their arms around us. And we're more easily take it personally, especially women. We don't um, wear thick skin sometimes and we get our feelings hurt quicker than we should instead of just stepping back and realizing we're just at a different place than our stepkids are. It doesn't mean that they'll never get to the place we are. Honestly, the relationship with my stepdaughter, I talk to her more than Randy does just because we're women. We get each other and those relationships will continue to form over time but it it does definitely take some time. And that's an encouragement, I think, for all relationships. You know, there's always a process. There's always a journey. And when we have thick skin and whenever we just let that person be where they need to be, then we give them the space to adjust. And so that's a good principle. All right, so let's talk specifically about your journey as a mom. Let's talk to the moms because, you know, (laughs) this is is a big transition. This is a big change, maybe stepping into a step family role um, or just, just trying to navigate one Mm -hmm. whether you've been in it for a long time or not Mm -hmm. so talk to the moms out there well one of the things I've seen that is oftentimes harder for stepmoms are those who come into the stepmom role without being a mom themselves so they're really fearful about this role and they so badly want to do everything right and begin to feel that if I do this and if I bake the right meal if I buy the right gift 
My stepchild will love me. Maybe they will, but maybe they won't. Maybe there is a real loyalty conflict going on that if they love you as a stepmom, what does that say about their love for their biological mom? And there's this tension that stepkids have that oftentimes especially in the beginning, prevents them from really attaching to a stepmom. And the other thing that's so hard for this dynamic that I see play out all the time is, as women, sometimes we're kind of insecure. And so if there's a biological mom over here that's territorial with her kids, and she is undermining what the stepmom is trying to do, that can do so much damage to these stepkids, and the stepmom can do nothing about it other than pray that God would soften the hearts of these stepkids, that these stepkids would see the heart of the stepmom. She's not trying to replace the mom, and that is something that a stepmom can say in situations like this. If, if they really feel that the mom feels threatened by them, which that happens a lot, a stepmom can come in to the biological mom and say, I don't want to replace you. I'm not trying to replace you. I just want to be another person who loves and cares cares for your kids. Sometimes that can take that tension away. Maybe you can't do it face to face. Maybe you need to do it through a text or an email, but just communicating that message to a, a bio mom who is feeling threatened by a stepmom can make a huge difference. And even as you're describing that, I'm thinking it is so important for that stepmom to refuge into Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, because when we are talking insecurities and doubt and undermining, you, I think, have fear in that mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. and so just running to Jesus mm -hmm. and realizing he's your covering right he's your refuge he's your rock yeah there's some difficult feelings that go along with being a stepmom unfortunately in the beginning especially loneliness you feel like you are on this planet by yourself and nobody understands you and maybe you work in an environment where everybody else is in a traditional setting and, and if you try to talk to people about your stepmom role they don't get it and even little things like if a stepmom says something negative about their stepchild, they get judged. But you know, if I say something negative about my bio child, that's no big deal. That's normal. But a stepmom doesn't have the freedom to do that. And so there are some feelings that go along with this that we do need to run to Jesus and, and just ask for comfort and all of those things that the Holy Spirit can give us. Um, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, no, that's good. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up off of that. And as we run to Jesus, we find that help and we find that safe place and we find that hope. And another good thing I would think is to have a good close friend yes. that you can really be honest with. Right. You know, and right. so was that ever something that you it had? Was. Okay. It was. And it doesn't even have to be another stepmom. Sometimes women who were raised in step families understand this dynamic. I wasn't raised in a step family, so it was harder for me to understand step family dynamics. But you'd be surprised how many women under out there that were raised can just help provide a little bit of insight into what is going on in your home. And, and yeah, good friends can make a huge difference. Absolutely. The other thing, Andrea, is we often feel like an outsider as a stepmom. And if we can determine where we feel like an insider and and run to that during those outsider times. So for instance, I have three sisters in my family of origin. I will always be an insider in my family of origin. And I can pick up the phone. One of my sisters is a stepmom. I can call her and she gets it. 
She may not have the answers for me. She may just be able to say, man, I know that's hard, Gayla. I'm sorry. So find the places where you are always going to be an insider. And when you're feeling like an outsider in your home, go seek some refuge over there because it, it can really help. Okay, you mentioned your family of origin and how you were not raised in a step family. So what was that process like for you, you know, realizing, okay, I'm going to have a step family. Mm -hmm. How how was that dynamic, you know, played out in your life? I think that's where I did not set up for being able to really understand the step family dynamics. And for me, I thought I was going to be able to love these kids just like I love my own kids. And you know, that's not fair to ask yourself as a stepmom. You didn't carry these kids in your womb. You didn't do all these firsts that a biological mom does. And it's really not fair to put the burden on you that you are going to love these kids just like you love your biological kids. Yeah, you're going to be fair to them. You're going to treat them. If if you have biological kids in your home and stepkids, you're going to treat them fairly. You're going to treat them the same. But you may not always have the same feelings for them. And that's okay. That's really normal. And But for me, I didn't understand that. So I thought something was wrong with me because I did have a deeper love for my own kids than I did for my stepkids. Now, that love grows in time for my stepchildren. I dearly love and care for my stepchildren. In those early years, though, I had less tolerance for them. It was just natural that I was able to parent my biological kids easier I understood them better than I did my stepkids so there's just some different dynamics that I didn't understand but the other thing that helped me is Randy grew up in a step family so he was able to say you know what gay little hell let me help educate you a little bit on this (laughs) and that was helpful so it sounds like just having some clear expectations for yourself as well as for your family kind of sets you up for success right definitely managing your expectations you know it's funny so with my book, uh, Step Parenting with Grace, it has a white picket fence on the front of it. I really balked at that when I saw that from my publisher because I said, I didn't, we didn't have a white picket fence around our home as a step family. Step family life is messy and I'm really struggling with this white picket fence on here. But the thing that the publisher helped me realize for one is we want to offer hope with our resources and there is hope for step families, but there are some things too that are not going to come to pass and we do need to be careful with what our expectations are. I've talked briefly about vacations and vacations are great as as families but let me tell you vacations as step families can be rough. (laughs) So just be careful. I'm all for step for vacations but they might need to be a two or three day vacation in the beginning instead of seven or eight days. Right, right. All right, so any stories you want to share about that? <laughs> <laughs> Anything that um, comes to mind? <laughs> yeah, so actually our very first vacation, Randy and I had decided we were going to take the kids snow skiing. We were going to have this great snow skiing vacation. And the kids were still pretty young. And the first flight got canceled because of snow. There was really bad weather. And so everything, you know how stressful that is under the best circumstances when now you've got to rebook flights. And then we had four little kids who are, one of them was hungry and just getting impatient. And so Randy and I got at odds. And before that day was over, we had to spend that night in a hotel. We couldn't go on to where we were trying to get for our vacation. We spent the night in a hotel and we got, well, we had to get two hotel rooms anyway, because there were, there were six of us. But Randy quickly made the decision, me and 
my kids are staying in one hotel room, you and your kids are staying in another. And I look back on that now and I laugh, but at the time I thought, oh my gosh, we have failed here. We can't even <laughs> stay in the same room together. But that was where we were at right, at that right. time. And that's what we needed yep. for that night was to have some space sure, from each other. Sure. And so that was wise on Randy's part to recognize <laughs> that and to say, okay, let's call a timeout here right. and let's regroup. Yes. And I was very comfortable with just my girls in the hotel room sure. and the same for him. But too, I just love how that's so hopeful because sometimes you have to call a timeout. You do. And it's okay. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're a failure or that Mm -mm. the family's a failure, but that you recognize, okay, we need some space here. Right, right. Especially as a stepmom, sometimes you need to step away from the home. You might need to go on a retreat with some girlfriends. You might need coffee with a girlfriend once a week and just kind of unpack what's going on, especially if it's another stepmom. And again, it doesn't mean that they have all the answers for you. Sometimes you just need to pour out your heart and say, please pray for me, please pray for these feelings I have going on, for these relationships that aren't coming together. I'm weary and I, I, need, I need prayer, I need hope, I need guidance. Yeah. And you know, Gayla, the, just the timing of our conversation today is so interesting because I was at the salon um, last week and there was a stepmom in there and she was just needing to unload, you know, and so I'm always willing to listen. And so she was sharing about just a struggle, a dynamic with the bio mom and with the husband and trying to navigate that in a way that was helpful and not hurtful. And I realized in that moment, like, this is hard, mm-hmm. like it's messy and there's not a clear cut, this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments, give us some wisdom. What do you do whenever you're at a point where you go, I just don't know what to do? Mm -hmm. You pray. (laughs) I've done so much just on my knees asking God for wisdom. James 1.5 is a great verse. Um, it's, It's very practical. If you lack wisdom, God will give it to you if you ask. But we need to ask. We need to step back and realize Probably some of the answers we come up with aren't necessarily the best answers, but God does have answers. Sometimes there's waiting, and God is trying to teach us something in the waiting, but waiting's hard. We live in this fast-paced society that we're not used to waiting, but man, God teaches some great lessons if we're willing to just sit back, ask, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me here? And really be open to that and, and recognize that there is sometimes just some some wisdom that will come through the waiting. Absolutely. And, you know, I was um, listening to my friend share her story in the salon. And one thing I realized is that there was a level of frustration with her husband mm-hmm. because it was like she <clears throat> wanted him to move faster or uh, in a different direction or, you know, just to do what she wanted him to yes. do in this moment yes. with his biological child. And so I just think it would be good to speak into situations like that when you are the stepmom and you're struggling with maybe your husband Mm -hmm. in that moment because he's not or Mm -hmm. he is Mm -hmm. fill in the blank what do you do well you know what I've seen a lot is stepmoms want to be right in the middle of all those texts that are taking place between their husband and the biological mom and that can get you in trouble you know you have to trust that your husband wants the best for their child for you but know that he's feeling stuck in the middle and he's doing all he can but if you have to read every text that goes on between him and his ex-wife and you have to give input on everything that's going on you might need to step back and say do I have some control issues going on that I need to think about 
do I need to just really be praying for my husband's heart instead of trying to control everything that's going on? Because that can drive you crazy and it can get you to where you misperceive something that might just be really innocent, something that's said that you're not feeling secure that day in your marriage and all of a sudden you're jealous and that goes nowhere but downhill in a marriage. So I do think that as stepmoms, it's easy for us to get into this control mode and it will just drive you crazy. So sometimes we just have to step out of that. I'm big on the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And there's just some of those things that that you can't change. You need to allow your husband to to work out on his own or maybe get input from you. But ultimately, even if you don't agree with his decision, if it has to do with his biological child, some of those decisions he needs to make, even if you don't agree with it. And then just like letting go. Yes. Letting go. You know, because I I know for me, I'm really careful about, in any situation with my husband, communicating an undermining statement, even in a positive way. You know, like that, I I remember the Lord just, just revealed that I had that tendency sometimes, you know, and so like being super cautious, you know, Mm -hmm. to come in the back door with a statement or a comment. Well, and to piggyback on that is make sure that you know how to do conflict Mm -hmm. well. So you're not attacking the person when you do conflict, you're attacking the problem because you're going to have conflict in this step couple relationship and you want to be able to come to the other side of conflict with a solution, not end up that you have attacked your spouse and you're never going to get to a solution. All you've done is you've got hard feelings. And so if you have trouble doing conflict, get professional help. It's not unusual to come into marriage and maybe not really one of the spouses not know how to do conflict well. And so if you see that, if you see a pattern of conflict and it doesn't get to resolution, instead it just ends up with really hard feelings, you might really need to consider some professional help with that. And one thing I always share with women is there's just nothing wrong with getting that help. I mean, there's just everything right with it. Exactly. You know, Mm -hmm. the fact that we have struggles um, doesn't make us weak. It makes us real. Exactly. It does make us weak, but in our weakness, God is strong. Right. And right. so, and Randy and I got counseling within the first year of our marriage, yes. and I will never forget the counselor saying, Well, I don't usually see couples quite so soon in their marriage. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? Randy and I, neither one wanted to go to divorce court again. We had walked that road. And so we were going to figure this out. And that counselor was so helpful. But I will say, make sure you go to someone who understands step family dynamics because they are different. And if you have a counselor trying to offer help the same way he offers help to a traditional family, it's not going to be the best help. So just be sure that you do your homework about who you're going to. And so I want us to recap the resources that are available for step families. Tell us about your book so that um, our listeners can pick up a copy of that. I wrote a devotional book for step parents called Step Parenting with Grace. I came from my own heart because I wanted a devotional when I was a young stepmom and I couldn't find one. That was over 20 years ago. So it is available, published by Worthy Publishing in 2018. And then I am a huge advocate of Ron Deal's material. So Ron Deal has written The Smart Step Family, The Smart Stepmom, The Smart Stepdad. Just there's some great resources, all faith-based. He also has done a video series that can be used in a church or any kind of small group setting to offer just 
real practical tips. Ron is a licensed therapist and he understands that. So just know that there are some good resources out there, but be careful that in my opinion, I. I would advocate for faith-based, obviously, and know that that's where you're going to find the the best answers, really. Absolutely. Well, I love this conversation, Gayla, because we've surfaced some real struggles, you know, whether it's insecurities, pride, control, you know, we, we've listed all of those. I want us to end with practical help, practical truths, practical takeaways from this conversation for that stepmom who is mm-hmm. struggling. So give us your, your top two or three. Well, for one, I want to say I am the director of a nonprofit called Sisterhood of Stepmoms, and we offer national conferences once a year. It's a way for stepmoms to come together, and that's really pour into stepmoms. Find some camaraderie with others who really understand your journey. So that information can be found at our website. And then also I would just say be careful in where you're getting your answers. There's a ton of Facebook groups out there specifically for stepmoms. They're not all great wisdom. So be careful with that. Really, if you can find another stepmom who's a little further in the journey than you are, latch on to them. Randy and I had a couple who asked us to go to dinner just a couple of weeks ago and at the end of the conversation said, would you guys mentor us in this role? They're new to step family life. They've got some struggles going on. So if you can find another couple or a stepmom who's a little ahead of you in your church or some other group setting, be bold. Just ask them, would you come alongside me? I guarantee you they would be honored to do that. And it's so helpful in all of our journeys. Right. Whenever we not only come alongside somebody else, but we ask them to come alongside us. Right. We see the body of Christ there at work. And so I want to add one more thing to that thought, which is, it's, it's completely appropriate to go to your leaders at your church and ask for help. Right. You know, ask for a specific Bible study. Ask for a resource. Ask for a support group. Ask for some kind of space where this conversation can happen right. in a real way. Because we want to talk about this mm-hmm. in our churches. Mm-hmm. We want to help people. We want to help families. We want to meet them where they are. And we want to encourage and equip them. So get the conversation going in your local churches. Right. And if there is somebody in your church on staff who you know is in a blended family, start with that person Mm -hmm. because unfortunately some pastors still don't know how to minister to step families well and it's hard for them. So if there is somebody on staff that is in a blended family, I would start there because they get it and they're going to support you and they're going to want to offer you the resources that you need. Very good. Okay, so Gayla, tell our listeners how they can connect with you. My website is stepparentingwithgrace.com, and you can find all my resources, a blog, information about Sisterhood of Stepmoms, everything on that website. All right, well, thank you for sharing your heart with us today. I love um, to hear people's stories, and I have loved watching God redeem (laughs) and use yours uh, to help so many people. So Gayla, keep on keeping on, and we will look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Andrea. It's been great to be here. All right. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.